Stories from California Cattle Country is produced by the California Cattlemen's Foundation. It receives support from the California Cattle Council. We've created this podcast for those wanting to connect with the people and practices of far-flung ranches and dairies in California through hearing stories from and learning more about the families in cattle country. We initially decided to visit Oak Ridge Angus to pursue an angle in regard to bull sales. It's a fascinating process and not something that we've covered before. After some research in my interview with third-generation rancher Cheryl LaFranchi, there was just a whole bunch more to unpack. So this episode will be split into two. In the first, we'll learn about the history of Oak Ridge Angus, about their over a decade-long relationship with Bear Republic Brewing, about them founding a range to table program where they partner with Redwood Empire Food Bank to provide beef to Northern Californians who are food insecure. And finally, we'll talk about their experience in the 2019 Kincaid Fire. Then in two weeks, we'll hear about how their four Angus bulls did at the Red Bluff Bull and Gelding Sale. Calistoga is a two-hour drive from Sacramento. I headed west on Highway 80 to California 12, then California 29, and then California 128. The drive is, of course, beautiful, going through the towns like Napa, Yauntville, St. Helena, and Calistoga. During the drive, you could still see work being done in recovery from the recent fires, most likely from 2020's Glass Fire and 2019's Kincaid Fire. In fact, Capital Public Radio in Sacramento has created an interactive wildfire history map. It frankly looks like a Jackson Pollock painting. I'll leave a link to the map in the description of this podcast. I arrived at Oak Ridge Angus around noon and was greeted by two dogs, Buster and Tate. Buster was freshly and kind of hastily shaved as I think he got into something. The ground was rather soggy and I greatly benefited from bringing an additional pair of boots. The property in Knights Valley, which is also a popular AVA, best for growing Bordeaux grape varieties, looked gorgeous with emerald green hills spotted with black cattle. It's honestly hard to tell that the ranch was decimated by a fire just over three years ago, other than the fact that everything around you is new, which is an odd sight on a ranch that has existed in a spot for more than 100 years. How you doing? Hi there. I'm Ryan. I'm uh, looking for Cheryl. She's in the office. Go right in the building. Right I met Rancher, large animal veterinarian, and Cheryl's husband, Frank, outside the barn, and he directed me to the ranch office where I'd find Cheryl. Hello. Hey, I'm Ryan. Cheryl and Frankie, nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for uh I'm Ryan Donahue, and this is Stories from California Cattle Country. My name is Cheryl LaFranchi. I live in Knights Valley, which is right outside of Calistoga, between Calistoga and Healdsburg in Sonoma County. I manage and own a 1,200-acre family registered Angus cattle ranch. We have basically 350 cows and cow-calf pairs, and then we run a branded beef program with the Sonoma County Meat Company in Calistoga. We have an annual bull sale, and then we sell it one bull sale that's open to the public, and that would be the Red Bluff bull sale that's coming up in January. 
Can you just tell me just a little bit, just like a minute on your family's history in the area? Yeah, my dad's dad came over from Switzerland in 1888, and he, at 14, and he ended up milking cows around here, and then he bought this ranch in 1912. So it's uh, it's been in the family now for, you know, 115 years or whatever it is. So it's been in family for a while. And they had, back then, you know, you always had a little bit of everything, you know, because you didn't have a car or anything, you know. So, you know, you had a few chickens, a few cows, a few draft horses, all that kind of stuff. Then my dad, he was a, uh, maybe considered one of the, just really a great cattleman, you know. He really liked, not only liked cattle, but very good genetic-wise. And he built up a uh, herd of Ayrshire cows that are dairy cows, so Ayrshire's. And it was the first, his one big Ayrshire when we sold, when we dispersed the Ayrshire's in 1975. She went on and was the first cow other than a Holstein to be supreme champion at the World Dairy Expo in Madison. And so, he, you know, he just really had a great reputation in the dairy cattle industry and then switched over and switched into the beef cattle industry, started with the Angus. And, you know, it just turns out that the ranch is probably much more conducive to running beef cattle on rather than dairy cattle because, you know, it's got a lot of hills and, you know, a lot of water and to have everything like you do on a dairy where everything is contained in the winter and under cover of barns and everything, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a better cattle ranch for beef cattle, but it's a, it's a great ranch. So this is a a switch gears kind of question, but I I think it's also, it ties into your commitment with Angus, which was, I think a while ago, but also um, your partnership with Bear Republic using spent grains, but like you've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. Since the early nineties, which is, I mean, that's, before IPAs were popular. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about how that partnership kind of came along and why it's it's beneficial to, I mean, both of you, the, I guess. The Bear Republic, they're, of course, friends of ours now, but they started, it was just uh, mom and dad and husband and wife. And so the four of them, the Richard and Tammy, the younger generation, and then Richard Sr. and his wife, Sandy, started the Bear Republic. And at one time, it was the 49th largest brewery in the United States. And since then, you know, and then with COVID and all that kind of stuff, it's changed. We ended up extremely lucky. They had a had a brewery and the spent grain that the Bear Republic has, of course, is a waste product. And it would be, and especially nowadays, it's it's gotten very, very much more valuable. Um, a lot of your big distilleries will actually dry it and stuff. But we, to this day, we just go pick it up and it's wet and we turn around and feed it to the cows. So it's really been a great feed source. It's over the years has gotten so much better in the amount of sugar and alcohol that they take out of it that nowadays you can just practically free choice feed it and you never have a problem with it. It's wet so they don't eat too much. You know, they can just eat till they are full, but with all the sugar and the grain and the alcohol that they get out of it now, it really it really works good and it's a great feed source. We mix it now to make it go just a little bit farther with almond hulls, which is of course another byproduct. I think almond hulls are kind of funny. When we started feeding almond hulls about four years ago, they were $60 a ton and now they're like 300 and something a ton, you know, just because the whole landscape of your feed products has just gone through the roof. 
they're catching on. Yeah. 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 And I just think everybody's trying to find something they can feed, you know, and who would think almond hulls would be a, be such a valuable feed product, but they are now. And talking to, especially with the lack of precipitation, which has changed recently, but that we were having some ranchers down in Southern California are like trying to pull over hay trucks themselves, like flagging <laughs> them down and going like, where's that going? Can I have some? Like you got to, you got to feed them something, you know? The farmer is very good at using all kinds of different feed stuff that you would never think of. I did want to acknowledge or talk about the range to table program that you guys are doing, which yeah. you've also done for a long time. I think our partnership with the Bear Republic, where we um, get the spent beer grain from them and, you know, we go get it. And we were getting so much there for a while that we started a partnership with the Redwood Empire Food Bank, where we would donate cattle to the food bank Different ranchers would bring cattle to our ranch and we would feed them. And then we would donate them in that rancher's name to the food bank. And, the, and then we would everybody would get a tax write-off at the end of the year, whoever the animal went in with. And we fed them for free. So it was, uh, I want to say in 2018, which was before everything kind of really fell apart with COVID and all these problems and everything, our ranching community around here and it would be from Mendocino to Sacramento to, you know, of course, Sonoma and Marin County, Napa County. The ranching community donated almost 22,000, a little over 22,000 pounds of ground beef to the Redwood Empire Food Bank. And a lot of that went to flood victims, you know, and it was just the program was really going great. And then with COVID and shutting everything down, and then it turns out it's, extremely hard now even to find a slaughter facility that's USDA inspected and everything had kind of gotten has gotten a little bit harder like last year we've run the last three years since COVID about seven to nine thousand pounds of ground beef to the food bank so we're going to hope this year now that things have kind of opened up again a little bit um, everybody's getting a little more settled in hopefully with the rain and stuff you know that we can get the program back up and the nice thing about the range to table program you don't have to send some big steer you know that's worth thirty five hundred dollars to you you know you send an older cow a steer that has a retained testicle free martin heifer that doesn't fit in with your load you know or i mean we've had everything here we've had them from half blind uh, you know just just cattle that for whatever reason have had issues you know and they've come and they've done fine here and then we've donated them to the food bank in that rancher's name so it's been a great program prior to the job i have now i used to work in restaurants i know that there's so many like layers to or parts of organization for that to come to fruition like you're t saying having a place that is a usda inspected you yeah. know slaughter facility and stuff was it you and frank that kind of pushed all that through because i mean that's not that's no small effort yeah uh yeah it was something that i have really enjoyed. Frank really liked it. The gentleman that runs the food bank, that's the CEO, David Goodman, he was just so receptive and does whatever it takes to help us out. And then our UCC extension agent, Stephanie Larson, she's kind of in on it with us. So I think it's really, really worked out great. And we're hoping now this year, you know, we can, we've maybe weathered the droughts and the fires and, you know, everything and COVID. And now, you know, maybe, maybe 2023 will be a good year and we can kind of get back on track. 
When we started our, with the Bear Republic, kind of our partnership with the Bear Republic, and the, started the Range to Table program, we also started a branded beef program with the Sonoma County Meat Company. We'd been with the Bear Republic for quite a while, but so we've changed just a little bit in the outlook of the operation, and we've gone away from just a cow-calf and uh, selling heifers and or bulls at like a, at just a bull sale and have gone more to a private treaty bull sale and then have worked on our branded beef program. And so the, the Sonoma County Meat Company, they handle that and that it's been very successful and it's probably uh, helped the ranch more financially than anything we could have ever done. You know, it's been a, it's been very, the beef cattle and the beef from the Sonoma County Meat Company has been very well accepted. I think a lot of that is just simply because we were in the Angus business, you know, and it was just good fortune. I don't know a lot about the Sonoma Meat Company. So do they have a, a store themselves? It's it's a small a husband and wife. So it's a kind of they call it a small town local butcher shop. It has a butcher counter and everything. And then, yeah, the beef that they handle is our beef. Okay, and then, it, but it's the ranch's name is also on it. Oak Ridge Angus, yep, it's yeah. it's sold under the Oak Ridge Angus label, and then they sell to restaurants, they go to farmers markets, and then they sell quite a bit through the right through the butcher shop. And do they ship from their location? Yes. If you want to, like if if, yes. if people wanted to order it, they could yep. get it through the yep their location. And then you would suggest it with a Bear Republic beer, probably if you're cooking. Well, what, what it is is, and the cattle are all raised on the brewer's malt, so it's a little different than a corn-fed or, you know, that, so it's, it's a little different. It's definitely not grass-fed, but with the beer is all barley, which who knew? And so I guess 99% of the beer is made out of one kind of barley. It's a barley diet rather than a corn diet, so it's just a little bit different. And yeah, I mean, it's been very well accepted. So the last thing I want to talk about is just your experience with the Kincaid Fire in, was it 19? 2019? Yeah, 19. In October 2019. Briefly, just on, on the effects it had on your operation, but more importantly, what you guys have accomplished in the in the years since. You know, it looks idyllic out here. It doesn't look like. Yeah, I think uh, when the Kincaid fire blew through that night, you know, we knew it was, uh, you know, it was burning in the far hills. And so we were just like, oh, it's not going to get to the ranch, you know, because we have the cows have everything grazed down pretty well and stuff. And then that night about midnight, geez, the wind started blowing and I think it was blowing over 100 miles an hour. And when that started, just it turned the fire around and the fire just came down through the ranch and when it it blew through and it didn't take very long to blow through it was maybe an hour hour and a half I think we went up the valley just to get ahead of it so we kind of drove through the fire as it as it came onto the ranch and we we left about 3 30 and came back about uh, quarter to five 4 30 quarter to five and uh the fire had blown through but when it got done it had burnt down all eight barns and all the houses, uh, five houses. Of course, it had, it had kind of burnt a few of the cows and and just some different things. All the fences were gone, and the water systems and the electrical and yeah. So there there wasn't a lot left. Well, except for rubble, kind of. Anyway, we just uh, 
you know, we happen to be just in a great community. I mean, I don't know that there's any community other than the ag community that is just as terrific as it is. Um, we just had friends start showing up. I mean, they're driving through the fire. We started that Saturday night with, uh, I think we had uh, five barns of hay, you know, all ready for winter and everything. And when we got done Sunday morning after the fire blew through, I think we had 11 bales of hay left. We had about 400 cows then. So my godson, he brought up uh, some hay from Merced. That was the first time we'd been able to feed the cows. So he brought that up. We just, you know, he had cattle everywhere. Um, the one ranch, the main ranch, it got it a lot worse than the other ranch, the other, the other ranch, it's a little bigger ranch, but it uh, everything kind of held together over there a little bit. You know, it burned all the hay up in the barns and everything, but but the barns didn't burn to the ground like they did at the main ranch. So we actually had friends calling, and we sent oh somewhere around 300 head of cattle left that left the week right after the fire. They just started going out about Wednesday as soon as they got the roads open and got the fire kind of contained a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, friends just took cattle and they kept them. That was the from about the 1st of November. Then they started coming home about Christmas, but it gave us a time in that month and a half to get the place cleaned up, to try to get some water to different places, to get some panels and, you know, some fencing done so that we could put we'd have somewhere to put the cattle when they came back. You said there was like two small buildings there that didn't burn down, but would you say that you guys are uh, 100% back to uh, operationally? No, we're de- we're probably 100 cows less than we were. Um, we're down, so we're down on that. What we did was we just, you know, it was uh, old redwood barns that had been here for ever. They were built after World War II, so in the 50s and the 60s, you know, and of course those all burnt down. So we've had to put them back with steel. It's it's funny, the biggest barn that we put in, it was in just right away in 2020, as soon as we could get it in. So we'd have us have some cover for the cows and before the winter of 2020 and 2021. That barn is twice the size of any barn we've put in the last two years, and it costs exactly the same. So no. it's funny how it goes. But yeah, so it's just, just been an on for about a year. It was just tractors and trucks and everything, you know, here just cleaning up. And so now we finally have the outline of kind of what we had before barn wise, you know, another barn we should build one barn. We'd still need to take apart now and rebuild because it, it melted, but it didn't melt to the ground. So we've just been feeding it because it was, it's good enough. You know, we kind of shorted up and called it good enough, but yeah, it's been a real, it's been a real project getting everything rebuilt. Well, thank you for letting me uh, drop in on you last minute. And um, I had a a great time. Thank you. The Kincaid fire started on October 23rd in 2019 during an extreme wind event. After my interview with Cheryl, she produced a scrapbook of photos of the fire and the destruction it caused. I took photos of these photos and they can be seen at our website, www.calcattlecouncil.org. In one photo, it looks like a tree is exploding into flames, given the wind. The ferocity of the fire caused over 77,000 acres to be scorched, hundreds of buildings being damaged or destroyed with 80,000 threatened, 190,000 people evacuated, and millions of residents losing power due to preemptive shutoffs by PG&E. CAL FIRE eventually reported that the fire was in fact caused by PG&E lines. 
If you're interested in following our travels, you can follow us on Instagram at CalCattleCountry, where you can see Cheryl and her bulls from the Red Buff Bull and Gelding Sale. We love feedback. If you have ideas on what you'd like to hear from stories from California Cattle Country, you can contact me directly at ryan at calcattle.org. We'll be back in two weeks with the rest of Cheryl's interview and other goings on from the sale in Red Bluff. Thanks for listening.